Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It is the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live with my mate. Wait, he's not here. Uh, well, cross your fingers and uh, hope that this broadcast comes out great. My man CJ is not here currently. He is at a business meeting handling things, handling his business. And so uh, so I'm flying here solo, folks. I'm flying here solo. So check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue news on every single podcasting app known to humanity. We are everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. This broadcast will be on the website, roguenews.com. Make that your news portal. Save it to your desktop. Save it to your home screen on your phone. This way, it is the, it is the nexus point, the portal for you to get all your news and information, as well as lively interview and commentary, roguenews.com. And we're going to have some... Amazing, prolific projects in the works as I am talking to you folks. It's going to be pretty awesome. We're going to have some hard-hitting intel, hard-hitting documents, hard-hitting stuff. And make sure you go there, roguenews.com, and also check out our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com for all your CBD edible goodness. That is the place, whether you want doggy treats, coffee, or some delicious, delectable yum-nums for yourself, mycbdedibles.com is the place to get that done mycbdedibles.com and with all that out of the way folks lots of things going on in the world where do i begin it's another day in exceptional stand and just like my main man village guy would always say exceptional stand we do stuff we do stuff folks lots of things happening with exceptional stand so i'm just trying to get through this whole entire broadcast trying to figure out where exactly do i want to begin where do i want to start here and I think I think uh, I, I think I want to I want to start with Latin America on fire. Yes, that's right. Latin America seems to be on fire, folks. Last several weeks, last several months, and I have colleagues down there in, in Central and South America. Um, it's starting to heat up. It is as if the School of the Americas, the vaunted, celebrated CIA School of the Americas, is all of a sudden they flipped the switch back on, and they turned the knob to level 11. And we're seeing tumult, not just in Cuba, Cuba, not just in Venezuela, but also in Colombia, also in Brazil, also in Nicaragua, in Guatemala. You're going to start seeing a lot of things happening in the Honduras, okay, especially the Honduran president or the El Salvadorian president. I think that was El Salvador, right? The El Salvadorian president saying that he wants Bitcoin as 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 basically national currency almost practically right um, expect him to get whacked okay expect him to be deposed uncle schmuck okay uncle schmuck who controls the western hemisphere is right now 
running in fear of his life. Why is Uncle Schmuck running for fear of his life? Let me let me show you an interesting image. Let me show you this this uh, great little imagery right here, where you can see for yourself as why Uncle Schmuck is what is, is freaking out right now. Because Uncle Schmuck thought that you know when Uncle Schmuck came to the top of the economic scene at the end of World War II when the United States of America was still the United States of America. It was still the United States of America at the end of World War II. And this is what I was going through. If you go to roguenews.com, if you read the articles, We Didn't Like the Fire Part 1, We Didn't Like the Fire Part 2, where I talk about the, how the, fire, the parasitic fire economy came and supplanted the physical economy that made us the greatest country on God's green earth at one point, that at the end of World War II, that we began to build a wonderful physical economy and, and incredible wealth, incredible opportunities that have occurred. And then somehow in the 70s, the devolution started happening. Late 60s, early 70s, you had the advent of computer banking that started to take place. And then so on and so forth. I'm not going to bore you with all the details. But as soon as we figured out, hey, we're the top of the economic pie here. We're the top. We're the big dog on the block. People are just going to have to buy from us because they got no choice. <laughs> we thought there's no choice. Either they bank with us or they bank with nowhere. There's no choice. Either they go with us, or they go nowhere because we're the biggest, baddest military. The you know, Soviet Union just collapsed. I mean, this is good times for Uncle Schmuck. Uncle Schmuck was partying. And the American public decided to swallow idiocracy. The American public decided to swallow the bullshit. Okay. And we sat on top of the hill thinking that our power will never be challenged. We sat on top of the hill thinking to ourselves that we are the indispensable nation. We are the exceptional nation. American exceptionalism is a thing, we, saw, we told ourselves. And now fast forward 40 years. And this is why Uncle Schmuck is, is, is freaking out. Because Uncle Schmuck is, is, is terrified because of this. Let me show you this. Behold that chant. Who are you going to call? Multipolar world. When something strange and it don't look good. British Intel and CIA, they're at your door and they want your oil and your resources. Who are you going to call? The multipolar world. Look at this. Countries which share greater trade with, okay? United States in blue, China in red. And you can just, you know, China, multipolar world. Okay, this is all part of the integration. Look at the gains from 2000 to 2020. Those who have been programmed by propaganda, those who have been programmed by media, whether it's mainstream media, alt media, whatever media, will look at this chart that I just showed you, folks, and replay. oh, they, they got that because... They stole our jobs. They stole our jobs. No, they didn't steal our jobs. Our jobs were kicked out of here by politicians whom you voted for. And you thought it was cute. Yeah, you thought it was great. You thought it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, Ford left and started making cars overseas. You thought it was wonderful. You thought it was cute. <laughs> it's just so industrious and capitalism at work when Boeing left and started manufacturing in Beijing. You thought it was great that now that Nike says we're a Chinese company made for China. Nike. 
Okay, Phil Spencer from Nike says that, his own words. They don't care about the U.S. market anymore. The grifters and the carpetbaggers have moved on. You thought it was cute. You see, the jobs weren't stolen, folks. They were shown the door. And when they were shown, when they were at the door, they were kicked on their rear ends on their way out. So in 20 years, right? In, in 20 years, you look at this chart. This is a perfect example of idiocracy, which is the chart you see on the top half of this chart, right? Versus meritocracy. We could never compete like this because our system from the foundation to the topmost stone is one of the most corrupt on God's green earth. If it is not corrupt, okay, folks, let me explain to you how American bureaucracy works. If it's not corrupt, it is bureaucratically inefficient. There is not a single arm of the government or in any division or department within the United States government that works effectively, efficiently, and that is free and clear of any sort of corruption, any sort of uh, 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 back pocket under, under the table dealings, any sort of graft. Not a single one. The two choices you have living in your country, the land of the fee, F-E-E, -E, and the home of the slave, slavery never ended. It just became more sophisticated, as the Tata ad would say back in, you know, several years ago. The only two choices you have in your annals of government is either they're extremely corrupt, filled with graft, or they're incredibly filled with idiots and morons, and they're incredibly inefficient. You don't win on a global scale like that. Idiocracy versus meritocracy, that, my friends, is the proof in the pudding. And when you hear things like the Liberian minister saying, hey, you know what, for the first time in our country's history, for the first time in our continent's history, we see resources leaving our nation and things are being built in its place. And for the first time in our continent's history, and though it is not the most perfect of arrangements, and though there is negotiating that goes back and forth, though there is there is questions that go back and forth and, 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 and grievances, and, but things are always worked on. There's an open line of communication. Things are done transparently. Things are worked on. Debt is forgiven, collateralized, and or default swapped. And for the first time in our country's, in our continent's history, the Liberian minister was saying, our capitals are starting to interconnect. You see, Uncle Schmuck cannot compete with this. This is why Uncle Schmuck is freaking out. Hence, we move forward, folks, to what is happening in Central and South America. Many Americans are celebrating. Oh, look at this, man. Oh, Cuba. Oh, Cuba, Cuba. Cubans want to breathe free all of a sudden. All of a sudden, the Cubans want to breathe free. Folks, let me explain something to you. Back in... Uh, late 70s, early 80s, there was Operation Yellowbird. And Operation Yellowbird happened in Myanmar. Do you remember Myanmar? I know most of you have forgotten about Myanmar, right? Burma, right? 
Most of you have forgotten about the the election fiasco in Burma, Myanmar. And that election fiasco in, in, in Burma where the rioting started and all these things started happening came hot on the heels of what? Hong Kong, right? Y'all remember that? Well, Yellowbird back in the early 80s, Operation Yellowbird, which, which started by the CIA, the Cocaine Import Agency, Clowns in America, was started by the CIA and various other Western intelligence groups in Burma to foment a military overthrow, okay? At which they've, again, are back at it today. And when that failed back in the early 80s, they took a lot of the things that worked in Operation Yellowbird. They retrofitted some things to it. They added some adjuncts to it. They've tweaked and prodded and, 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 and tweezed and made it all great in their eyes. And they took it to China. And in China, Operation Yellowbird started out of Hong Kong. Right? It started out of Hong Kong. And again, it was all about NGOs, all about student rights, it's all about human rights. Okay, gotta get them chacons. Them organ harvesting chacons. Them them concentration camp boot kicking chacons. Gotta get them. That's what they tell the American people. And so Operation Yellowbird started again in Hong Kong. And they got together student rights activists, just like they did in Burma, just a few years ago, right? This is a few years before the Hong Kong thing, right? And I'm not talking about Hong Kong and you know a lot, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm talking about Hong Kong back in the 80s, when it's still under British rule. And MI5 and CIA, they worked hand in hand getting the NGOs in, getting the student rights activists in, getting all the players in, and and then they went to Beijing. They went to Tiananmen Square. We all remember what happened. Operation Yellowbird was in full effect. It was, and again, a precursor, a forerunner to color revolutions, things that they learned during Operation Yellowbird were retconned, were tweaked, and brought over when the Soviet Union collapsed to the myriad of Soviet satellite states. They, they couldn't do this earlier on because you know why? The Russians have the best intelligence apparatus in the world, period. Period. It's not a euphemism. Okay, so if they would have done it during the height of the Soviet Union, it would have been shut down and killed instantaneously by the Soviet intelligence. But they waited. And they made sure that the, the, that, that the bear would never rise again. So what happened in the Soviet states, we had what? The color revolutions. Right? We had the Rose Revolution in Georgia. We had the, the Orange Revolution in the Ukraine. We had the, all these revolution movements that were happening in Romania and Lithuania and Latvia and Bulgaria. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Those are all done by Operation Yellowbird. And Operation Yellowbird was a forerunner from all the wonderful things that they learned where? The School of Americas. In Central and South America, where they overthrew a myriad of governments. And I'm not going to waste your time going through the United Fruit Company and going through all the shenanigans happening in Central and South America. So now is Uncle Schmuck looking at the realities of the charts in front of you, folks. Then Uncle Schmuck is freaking out. 
going crazy. Right? Uncle Schmuck is realizing he's 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 dying. Uncle Schmuck realizes, and those who, who control exceptional stands foreign policy, those who control exceptional stands broke, insolvent, parasitic banking system understand that time is short. They're going to try and create and foment as much problems as possible before the whole system goes belly up. Folks, you are the target. You got to understand, the next bit of information I'm going to tell you after this is how all these things have become ratcheted up and the very security apparatuses have been turned inwards against you and against your wealth. They're not in, they don't care about your life. You see, they want to suck you dry because we're, you're all sheep in their eyes. And what do you do with sheep? Sheep are meant to be shorn. Sheep are meant to be milked. Sheep are meant to be slaughtered. They're meant to be used. That's your design. You've been given a bad bag of goods. You've been given an illusion, a matrix pulled over your eyes. And so now they're at it again. I mean, Colombia, Brazil, Venezuela, right? Cuba, Haiti, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico. I mean, they are full tilt. Chile, okay? Argentina, Peru, Bolivia. Oh, my God. They, they, found, some, they found some incredible lithium deposits in Bolivia. Oh, God help them. They should have said, hey, th- these are not lithium. These are, well, these are kumquats. Please don't invade us. Did you all forget about what happened in, 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 uh, in Peru? Or I'm sorry, Ecuador, right? Where they overthrew the governments there, where they got rid of Korea, the nationalist Korea, who was U.S. educated, right? But understood how the whole damn system worked. They got rid of him. Did you forget that? What happened in Ecuador, right? They're actively working as diligently as possible. Now look at Cuba. The U.S. is manufacturing consent to a a coup. And folks, let me explain something to you. What is being put out there, and when you start seeing this happening in Cuba, that's the dead ringer. I mean, think about it for, for a second. For decades and decades and decades, in spite of some of the most harshest, most brutal sanctions, a blockade, that caused some of the most resourceful people in Cuba, right? And I'm not saying that the Cuban government is great. I I can care less about the communistic dictatorship in Cuba. I can care less about that. That's not the point of this conversation. I hate communism. I hate communist dictatorships. I hate totalitarian governments. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't ascribe to it. But they want you to think. You got to think bigger because there's a bigger game at play besides the low-level, low-brow oh, democracy and premium and all that other nonsense, right? They want you to think that all of a sudden, after 60, 70 years, the most brutal, repressive regime on God's green earth, that all of a sudden, now Cubans want their freedom. 
I find that a little bit suspicious. On the 23rd of June, the UN General Assembly <laughs> voted for the 29th year in a row in a favor, folks, of a resolution to demand the end of U.S. economic blockade in Cuba. 29 years in a row, the UN General Assembly voted to end the economic blockade of an island. A total of 184 countries have voted to end economic blockade in Cuba. Cuba is a, a country, I mean, forget about the idiotic dictator, communist, Marxist nut jobs who are governing it. But it's a country of very educated, very talented people. They have some of the brightest doctors and the brightest engineers. And they also happen to sit on some quite a few resources. Rumor has it, folks. Rumor has it that there is a oil LNG discovery in Cuba. Okay. 184 countries voted in favor to get rid of these economic blockades. But the United States, Israel, and three lackey countries, along with the United States, voted against it. That is Ukraine, Brazil, United States, and Israel. And then three weeks later, <laughs> think about this. Three weeks later, after this whole entire June 29th thing, all of a sudden, the Cubans are fighting for freedom, man. <laughs> it's incredible. Right? It's really incredible. A lot of people are spinning it like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing there. The Cubans are really fighting for, for real freedom here. Folks, what's happening is, again, the School of America's the U.S. wants, and U.S. has been actively trying to, trying to overthrow Cuba. There's a reason, folks, during the Spanish-American War, how we got Cuba. We've always wanted Cuba. Cuba has always been a, a resource-rich, mineral-rich nation that's sitting on petroleum reserves. Think about it. For 60-some-odd long years, folks, 70-some-odd long years, the U.S. has been actively trying to get this country. Not because the U.S. cares about freedom. Not because they care about the quality of life of the people. Remember the prior dictator before Fidel Castro? to power and the La revolution right before the revolution happened you have batista there batista was a brutal dictator brutal but he was our guy he was our guy so ever since batista lost we've been trying to get back into that island 
and not only that island, but all over Central and South America. Why? Because of the image right in front of you right now. Because what is happening is a massive loss of trade. Folks, what I'm trying to signal here, what I'm trying to signal here to a lot of you to get this, is that the established power structure that the United States has been running for the last several decades has coming to an end. And they realize that as we're on the 11th hour and the clock is about to strike midnight, the time is short, that they are on a, a breakneck speed. You ever, I mean, how many times has Gus come on here every Wednesday and talked about the astounding speed these far leftist nut jobs and the establishment and the deep state is moving? I mean, it is shocking speed, man. Shocking speed. Why do you think they're doing that? Why are they moving, making so many mistakes, exposing themselves, exposing their hands at an alarming rate to the point where we're like, whoa, this is really obvious what they're doing. And they don't care. They're so overt with it now, as if they're going for broke. And at one level, you'll see this and be like, oh, this is totalitarian, this is this is despotic. Yes, it is, it is. It is. These are all these things. But folks, let me explain something to you. Totalitarian despotic measures are the fastest way to riches. Totalitarian despotic measures is the fastest way for wealth extraction to work. And what you are seeing with the with the denigration of your rights, the evisceration of your freedoms, the the cattle or the livestock transformation or the commoditization of the American public, folks, is the wealth extraction scheme being turned to 11, and they're going to bilk you and milk you for all that you have and all that this country has because they understand their system is falling apart. Case in point, watch this. This is on Zero Hedge. Leak exposes global abuse of cyber spying weapon to target politicians, activists, and journalists. Folks, the, the, the biggest concern for the system Right, the biggest concern for the system is not a foreign power because they can't win a war against a foreign power. Now, for those that missed it, Russia just unveiled some some amazing secret aircraft. I mean, they haven't revealed; they just kind of rolled it out there, so they're like doing a little strip tease. <laughs> Amazing next generation aircraft. It's an F thirty five destroyer. I mean, you can take a plane from twenty years ago and wreck an F thirty five. But anyway, I digress. So the system is not interested in fighting World War Three. That's why you got all these guys. That it's going to be World War Three. It's not. They're just going to set off nukes and go to their underground bunkers. No, they're not. They can't escape it. They just want to milk you for what you're worth and get out of harm's way. Isn't that funny, folks? Isn't that funny? 
you know, I've been telling people for years, make as much money as possible and get the hell out of harm's way. Folks, what do you think the elites are doing? What do you think the Western elites are doing to you, <laughs> to your neighborhood, to your family? What do you think they're doing? They're trying to make as money, much money as possible and get out of harm's way. They're going for broke. They know the Titanic is sinking. They don't want to nuke the country. Because they want to be the they want to be the adjudicators of the bankruptcy of the United States. They want to be the ones who are going to auction this country off, part and parcel, to all sorts of inter international conglomerates. Folks, they have no loyalty to the United States of America. Their loyalty lies with the banks, with the corporations, with the multinationals who are borderless. We're cultureless. That's where their loyalties lie. And they're just hoping, as the system falls apart, as they finish up carving the carcass, that you don't wake up, that you're too busy trying to figure out which one of the 3,000 genders you are, that you're too busy pitted black against white, that you're too busy pitted against rich versus poor, and some guy who's a millionaire who lives in your neighborhood, you think he's, you think he's the elite. Here's what this article says. This is from Southfront, actually. Southfront reports that an Israeli company, Spyware, was used in an attempted and successful hacks of 37 smartphones belonging to journalists, government officials, and human rights activists around the world, according to an investigation by 17 media organizations published on July the 18th. Sink that in. An Israeli company spyware was used in an attempted and successful hack of 37 smartphones belonging to journalists, government officials, and human rights activists. Not terrorists, not, not, not despotic, dangerous individuals out there, but journalists. Do you think it was Don Lemon's phone that was hacked? Do you think Chris Cuomo's phone was hacked? Oh, perhaps Brian Stelter, his phone was hacked. Maybe it was uh, that guy from uh, uh, NBC News who does all the catch the predator thing. Chris whatever. Chris whatever. Right? Anyway. Maybe Chris Wallace's phone. No, 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 no. It's actually journalists who expose exceptional stand for the craven, low IQ, low brow piece of crap that it is. It's journalists who expose these sick, twisted criminals for who they are. One of the organizations, the Washington Post, said that the Pegasus spyware licensed by Israel-based NSO group also was used to was also used to target phones belonging to two women close to Jamal Kashkogi. The Post columnist murdered at the Saudi consulate in Turkey in 2018. One of them was his fiance, and she and the other woman were targeted both before and after his death. The Guardian, another, isn't that amazing? This is what I told you, folks. I, I called this whole Kashkogi thing when it happened. It wasn't MBS. MBS has no... They pinned it on MBS, Mohammed bin Salman. But I told you from Jump Street, whatever Kashkogi says is of no value 
is of no value to MBS. Kashkogi's a double agent. We know what happened. So long after Kashkogi's dead, you, you have his controllers, an Israeli-based organization which, with links to Mossad, with links to the CIA, with links to MI5, was caught spying on Kashkogi's friends, his fiance, the, the, and, 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 and such. The Guardian and other uh, media outlets said the investigation suggested widespread and continuing abuse of the NSO hacking software described as malware that infects smartphones to enable the extraction of messages, photos, emails, record call, record calls, and secretly activate microphones. The investigation highlights widespread and continuing abuse of NSO's hacking spyware called Pegasus, which the company confirms is only intended to use against terrorist groups and drug traffickers and human traffickers and criminals. Is that great? You gotta. You, you, it's getting kind of tiresome that whatever these uh, deep state morons, these exceptional standards, these globalists come up with in terms of new technology, and they always say it's for fighting this. It's not for fighting it. It's for fighting you. Why? Because they are trying to make as much money as possible during the short amount of time and get out of harm's way which yours truly has been telling you to do the same thing for the last 10 years that I've been on the bloody air. Pegasus is an advanced malware that infects iOS. Uh, too bad, Apple schmapple guys. And Android devices to allow operators now. With an Android device, you could actually shut it down. There's some badass, uh, like the Pine Phone, Graphene OS. There's, there's quite a few Android distributions out there that are de-Googled completely. You want to get a badass Android phone? Go get yourself a Huawei device directly from China, and you're fine. I'm serious. And then you could actually add some other – you could sideload a few apps to it and lock that phone down even further. They won't be able to hack it. In fact, Cellbrite, a company that works very closely with a company that has made the Pegasus software that cracks phones, Cellbrite was also an Israeli company. They said the only phone that we can't hack are Huawei phones. So let's take that to the bank. Wonder why Huawei's you ever wonder why Huawei is not allowed in this country? Some of the best piece of hardware you ever I've ever played with. Based on the investigations, the leak contains a list of fifty thousand phone numbers that have been identified as those of people of interest by clients of NSO since 2016. The list includes many close family members of one country's ruler, suggesting that he might have instructed the country's intelligence agencies to explore the possibility of tracking and spying on his own relatives. The company NSO Group issued a statement on its website denying the reporting by the 17 media partners that led to the Paris-based journalism's nonprofit forbidden sources. Stories, excuse me. The targeted phone numbers were on the list provided by the Forbidden Stories and Amnesty International to the 17 media organizations. It was not clear how the people obtained the list. This suspected Pegasus infections. This is all we have left now, folks. This is all we have left as a country. 
spying, theft, industrial espionage, color revolutions, and selling Ponzi's. That's it. That's all we have left. Unbelievable. Notice what country is not. Notice all the countries that are infected by Pegasus. Hey, notice, you notice a trend here? Every single country here that's infected by Pegasus is pretty much within the realm of the tentacles of the unipolar world. Look at it. Is Ch- Do you see China or Russia infected by Pegasus? Nope. But you see everybody else. They did miss a few countries here. Portugal and Spain I put down, put on the list, as well as Ireland, as well as Sweden. But you see, you get the picture. I'll, I'll throw Australia and New Zealand in there. They forgot those two. And Japan. Kind of similar, huh? Kind of similar. Looks like this. Look at the top chart. Look right up here, folks. See this? Kind of similar, huh? Your eyes are not playing tricks on you. It's incredible. All these things are happening. An exceptional sense falling apart. The vultures are going full tilt. And now, in the Middle East, they're trying their same antics again. In the Middle East, they are resurrecting ISIS. I think ISIS is coming out with a brand new name, a new moniker. It's going to be uh, Al-Aqsa Al-Kaboom Squad. Who knows? But they're trying to resurrect terrorist groups. And once again, U.S. dollars are supporting it. Nothing's new here, folks. Nothing's different here. They're running the same old parlor tricks over and over and over and over again. Bill P., thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. Yes. We're way past the no, point of no return. And this is what I want people to understand very clearly. You're not going to vote your way out of this. And let me tell you this. When I've been in meetings before where, where banks are literally have locked arms with one another and have taken vows with one another and have said that we will save each other the hell with the public. You have to understand that. The system is going to try to save itself. The members of the system, the system is going to die. But those who have been profiteering off the system have already taken vows to save each other. They've taken vows to rescue each other. They're not going to rescue you. They're not going to rescue you. You're not going to vote yourself out of this mess. 
Folks, you only have, uh, as the American public, you only have one option and one option alone. And it's going to be the most difficult option that you'll ever face, that you'll ever have. And you need to be so damn diligent at what you're doing right now. You need to execute it without post-haste, without any, any hesitation. And that is this. The only thing that you can do right now is to figure out for yourself how you can a, make as much money as possible in order for you to grab the resources that you need for you and your family in order to get out of harm's way. B, can you get out of harm's way? Are you able to leave the country? Then do so. C, if you need to go to a place that you're, let's just say you're in the city, you're in a heavily populated area, you need to be amongst like-minded individuals. Maybe you need to head out to the Great American Readout or, or somewhere out in Wyoming or whatnot, then do so. The last thing you need to be doing is sitting in a blue city, not making any sort of preparations, because what is going to happen here, systemically speaking, is going to be a breakdown, the likes of which you've never seen. We probably have maybe just enough juice in the system for another three to five years tops. Make your preps accordingly. Do not waste. Beans, bullets, goats, whatever you need. There are some countries that are smart. They see the handwriting on the wall. They understand that what integration is all about. And Germany being that uh, as a a perfect example. Politically, there are a bunch of nut jobs, but thank God there's captains of industry understand how to place their industries and how to align it, hence Nord Stream 2. The industrialists are still functioning, still calling the shots behind the, the scenes while the political crazies are still doing their politically crazy things. In the United States, we have another problem. You see, in the U.S., the left is conditioned to hate Russia, and the right is conditioned to hate China. And the establishment power structure has made it so. The establishment is going to make sure that there's no answer. You see, I think Matthew Eretz said it best that Russia and China is the fire I'm sorry, Russia and China is the water that could put out the fire that's on America. America's on fire, and Russia and China is the water that could put that fire out. And what he meant by that is this. Working with two other powerful nations will enrich us and the world as a whole. It doesn't benefit the establishment. It doesn't benefit the elites that are the .001%. It doesn't benefit them, but it benefits you. And because it benefits you, they don't want that relationship. Folks, let me let me explain something to you. When I'm looking at countries like in Liberia and in Uganda and whatnot, and I see a person. Look, let me explain something. I was at a dinner party. Talking to a guy who's an oil trader from Nigeria. Right, works very closely with Petrafrique. Petro Afrique, that's the, the company that he was, he, was, he, he was aligned with. Very close to the power structure in Nigeria, very close to the oil barons that are in Nigeria. And he also does a lot of work throughout 
many other countries in, in Africa. And what he has noticed is this. He has noticed that you can literally see when Chinese and Russian investments begin to start rolling in and the infrastructure begins to change, what was once a a, a string, a daisy chain of, of shacks and open-air markets selling meats and, 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 and wares and whatnot with an open sewer in the back has all of a sudden radically transformed into a paved road with electricity, running water, a sewage system, actual shopping mall or a strip mall put in, and you see the individual. When I can look at an African country from, let's say, like Uganda, Liberia, Nairobi, Kenya, Tanzania, uh, 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 Nigeria, and you see the transformation of communities, and you see the incredible transformation of, of a person who was in poverty Abject, not U.S. poverty, where you see some fat ass holding a sign and saying, I haven't eaten in three days. I haven't eaten in 30 minutes. Anything helps. Please help me. Holding a cardboard sign with his, with his, with his pot belly rolling off, off the top of his belt. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real poverty, not American poverty, real poverty. Third, third world poverty. I'm talking about the bloated bellies from not eating anything. I'm talking about the flies on the face. That kind of poverty. And you see the transformation from that into now the guy's no longer in poverty. He has shoes. He has pants. He's got a bank account. He's got a car. He's got a home. Lives are being transformed. Folks, let me explain something to you. It brings me great joy when I see the lives of Africans transformed. It brings me great joy when I see the lives of those that are indigenous in many countries throughout the world in Central and South America transformed because of the multipolar world. It brings me joy. And it will also bring me great joy when I see that if that kind of prosperity happens with the cooperation of nations, what that prosperity would mean to Detroit, Michigan. What would a China, Russia, United States partnership would look like for Detroit, Michigan? You ever thought about that? What would it look like for the Rust Belt? What would it look like for Cleveland, Ohio? What would it look like For Buffalo, New York, what would it look like for Camden, New Jersey? What would it look like for West Philadelphia? What would it look like for South Chicago? What would it look like for Los Angeles? What would it look like for San Francisco? What would it look like for Mississippi, one of the poorest states in the Union? What would it look like? For so many communities in the United States where people are going to sleep today with food insecurity. One in, one in three kids in the United States go to sleep at night with food insecurity. What would it look like, folks? With the 60 million on food stamps. What would it look like with those that don't have a job even still? Their communities and their individual lives transformed. Why? Because... The United States understands that it's a great nation amongst great nations, and it works with great nations like China and Russia. Folks, it would be a thousand years of peace on this earth, a thousand years of prosperity.
but it's not to be. Why? Because the assholes that you've elected, the bullshit Hollywood crap you watch, prevents that from happening. I say to myself, if I see the radical transformation of high-speed rails, you know, I've, I've ridden on the Metro North too many times in New York. And when them raggedy-ass trains are going like 80 miles an hour, the damn thing shakes. You know, and I'm, I'm like praying to God, my God, I hope this thing doesn't derail and I go directly into the Hudson River because I don't know how to swim. I sink like a rock. I can't tread water. I'm too damn heavy. My bones are too dense. I'm one of those individuals, you throw me in a pool, I sink. If I go to the Dead Sea, I'd probably float to the bottom. And I'm sitting there in those trains, raggedy-ass trains, shaking, rattling. The Hudson River is like five feet away. I'm like, ah, oh, man. What would it be like to ride high-speed bullet trains? What would it be like to have real infrastructure? What would it be like when I'm crossing over in the George Washington Bridge and I look over, I don't see a single spat of rust? What would it be like if I could actually drive on the Cross Bronx Expressway and not hit a single pothole? What would it be like? It's not to be. It's not to be. Because you have low IQ, craven, deranged morons that you keep voting in. Folks, let me explain something to you. I've said it so many times, and I'm, I'm in firm belief of it totally. The United States Constitution no longer applies to this modern American society. Do you know why? Because John Adams says, he said it best, the Constitution is for a vigilant and morally upright citizenry. That's what it's for. Not for idiots who listen to stupid music. Not for morons who live with their their chief desire in existence is what's the next pleasure? What's the next orgasm? What's the next food I'm going to eat? What's the next thing I'm going to drink? A republic is only for people that have the brains to keep it, folks. That's why this country's gone. It's lost. And that's why what we said the best thing that can happen is balkanization. The best thing that could happen is balkanization. The worst thing that could happen is that we all go down to the ship. We all go down with the ship. But whether it's being balkanization or whether it's going to go down with the ship... The whole entire thing is, is that you still got to prepare. Three to five years, folks. No matter what the hell you're doing. You make sure you got a plan. And you attack it as ferociously, as zealously as possible. This is the gorilla. And I'm out.